crisis hope everyone's doing well chilling looks a little different on ig today folks because uh i changed some shit around so it's like a little up close and personal but if you're having trouble on ig i figured out some new shit which is if you look at my signature there's a link directly to darkhorse.live that's the whole web address darkhorse.live but there's a link in the web address of the ig or in uh, the signature of our ig if uh, you have any trouble at all, that'll take you straight live to this stream. Ooh. My my brother's calling in. Hold up real quick. There he is. Turn your sound on so brother can see you. you hear me? Can you hear me? You see me? I hear you. I hear you. Can you hear me? All right. I see I don't see you. You don't see me? Oh wait. I can I can see you. Give me one sec. We're we're right here in the intro. They can't quite hear you yet, but I'll bring you in in a second, bud. Cool, man. Cool. So yeah, uh, if you uh, just joining us, we're gonna bring on Mitch from uh, Incredible and uh, hear what he's got to say about some shit. We're gonna give away some shit, and uh, yeah, you already know how we do. So right off the bat, first thing we do on this show every week, free shit. Oh, free shit. Let's go out with uh, Thanos F2 right off the gate. Thanos F2. How you get these? I'll show you right on the screen here. Free shit. Email. Right on top of your screen. Go ahead and send an email to that email. Let's do the fourth person to email me Incredibles. Fourth person in the subject line to email me Incredibles. Shall take home these Thanos F2s. Already know how we do it. Word. Let's do one more for shits and giggles. Uh, strawberry shortcake. We got another one left. How about a strawberry shortcake? These are getting to be pretty rare. Uh, strawberry shortcake. If you want to win these, you have got to 
email you on the top of your screen, uh, Live at gmail.com, and you shall win these seeds if you put in the subject line uh, JLP. JLP was the breeder for uh, the Juliet. So JLP in the, in the line will take, how about the 10th person? So you're more than welcome to try more than once, but 10th person we're going to take, and they will, uh, they will take these home with them. So with that said, I'm going to jump right into it because i got a pretty cool guest tonight, and we're going to try to do this on the fly. Fuck it. We're doing it live like we always do. So let me see if yeah. I can't bring my man in and figure this out real fast. Boom. There he is. Give me a what's going on? Give me a quick uh, sound check. Thumbs up in the chat. Sound check. Hopefully you can hear me. Thumbs up in the Hopefully chat. You can hear my man. I can hear you. You can hear me. I can't hear. Cool. I think we're good. I cool. I think we're good. We'll proceed as if we're good. Yeah, I'm not seeing any feedback. No sound. No sound on Mitch. Insta. No sound on me. No sound on all of Insta. I hear it though. That might be an issue for Insta people. We'll keep rolling. You already know all the other platforms if you're having trouble. But uh, yeah, my guy Mitch is here with us. So if we're having trouble, I'll put it up on IGTV anyway. But I think we're rolling. So all right, my man. Everybody, this is my good friend Mitch. Founder, I believe, of Incredibles. Founder of Incredibles, yeah. Cool. So, um, cool. On this, is that the capacity I'm appearing tonight? Because I'm not, I'm not really super prepared. There's not that much going on with Incredible that I could possibly no, be no, talking no. about. No, no, I don't want to go super deep on Incredible. I, the way we do this show is I sort of bring in my my friends, and um, mm-hmm. I just sort of ask them. Like we always start at the very beginning. Like, do you remember the first time you ever smoked weed, dude? Do you remember the first time you saw weed? We'll start there. First time I saw weed was my dad's weed. Your dad's weed? Yeah, it was my dad's weed. It was bad. It was not good weed. I did not smoke weed till I was 21. So I was like mad that I found my dad's weed. My brother actually found it and brought it to my attention. Uh, so that was the first weed I saw was my dad's weed. And then in junior high, <coughs> I saw some, oh, no, sorry. Let me bring this back. The first weed I saw, this is actually really good. Wait, is this all going to get posted? Oh, we're past seven years. We're good. So the <laughs> first weed I ever saw was when I was 13 years old. I went on like a trip to Israel and there was like some free time where I weren't supervised. And I don't know what compelled me, but the, I didn't, again, I did not smoke weed yet. But the first thing I did was cop and then start giving and selling weed to the other kids on my trip. And there were about 12 seeds in there. And I brought those home from Israel to to america which they who knows where they ended up but point being that goes that far back to the before i smoked i bought weed sold weed and smuggled seeds interesting so that was kind of one of my next questions is growing up like you clearly weren't a stoner or anything were you a jock were you a nerd like what was your what was your I youth was a, like nerd. i was i was more nerd i guess more nerd uh, I was a, yeah computer hacking and shit and then punk by by high school i was getting into punk and shit um but then when I went to college after high school, actually, that's where the incredible story begins, because I made my best friends was this guy, Mark McGinnis, and Mark smoked weed constantly all day. I didn't smoke any weed, but we just got along real well. But I just kept making bongs from I was fascinated by the physics of bongs for whatever reason. And I kept making bongs, making bongs and, and giving them to Mark to use. Um, 
And I had made a pipe in high school for a friend that was a stoner too. I was always friends with stoners. I just didn't didn't smoke myself till I was twenty one. Interesting. Um, so, what about growing? Did you ever grow at this stage, or did you ever, you know, get into the craft of growing? I didn't grow till I moved out here, like two thousand ten. I think I said on my first grow. Um, yeah, that was un- inconceivable to me. Like, hash was a myth. I didn't think it existed. Um, I didn't think I knew anyone. Who, in retrospect, I definitely like was. Because I was selling weed right away. The first bag of weed I bought ever, ever, I sold half of. Well, there's the, the matchbox of weed I bought in Israel. But then it was like, uh, like I, was, I, I eventually started smoking, hanging out with friend, you know, a new group of people who smoked. And I was like, this, this is pretty good. I'd like to get something to bring home with me. And I was like, what what denominations does it come in? Like, what quantities do they sell it in? And she's like, well, you get an eighth for 50 or a quarter for 90. I'm thinking of getting an eighth. I was like, you're getting an eighth? All right, I'm getting a quarter. You can have an eighth for me. <laughs> Immediately start doing that math. And, uh, you know, it, it was by the ounce, smoke the eighth for free. Was was within within a month of smoking weed. That's where I was at. Sure, the standard um, hustle. Yeah, and, well, and then, it, then I was like, okay, there's. I saw the possibility there, and I had some good plugs, and, like, I started making my moves. Um, <laughs> and so I was definitely meeting growers and buying from growers, but they, I was so fucking unaware. You know, like there were parts of the house that were tarped off that I wasn't allowed to go in. And I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on back there. Sure. Uh, so, um, so this is actually fucking really cool for me because usually you're the one asking all the questions. I get to ask you the questions now like this. Yeah, I've asked these questions of like a bazillion people and I've never answered that's them. That's what I say. Like usually you're the guy on the other end of the microphone asking everybody all the questions or whatever. So uh, take me through kind of like you, I guess you, you know, you introduced a weed. You eventually move out to Colorado in 2010, maybe grow a little bit or whatever that, but you eventually started writing. I think you have a couple articles with High Times. You've written a book about cannabis. You certainly became like an influential member of cannabis. You were a former member of a, you know, the Dunn Show podcast. So it's, you know, you, you became a legend of the biz. So, you know, step by step, if you kind of would, obviously, and incredible, which we didn't even touch on, but uh, yeah, kind of step so by step, sort of take me through that journey, kind of, if you could. Yeah. Let me try to remember it in order. Really. Okay, so I was 21 when I started smoking weed, so that would have been 2004. Okay, so then naturally it kind of became my life, right? Like, so I was I was hustling um, back east. I was very dissatisfied with things out there. I got arrested for weed a bunch of times, and I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm moving. I'm moving somewhere where it's legal. I didn't know where. I moved to Oregon in 2000. When did I move to Oregon? When I was 23. So 2004, you know, not that much long after that. Good punk rock um, scene, too. That lines up. Yeah. <laughs> and um, being out there was pretty interesting for me. First of all, that's when I learned that, like, so I had, like, saved up, I don't know, like a rack, 10 Gs, and to move out there. I had it in a briefcase. I called it the important briefcase. So we moved out there with a rack and immediately we're like, well, fuck it. We'll find someone who could, you know, hook us up and back into business. We know there's one thing we know how to do. It's sell her. We're doing that. We didn't, we very much did not do the math. Okay. We did not do the math on the fact that like Oregon 2004, the medical scene was happening. There weren't clubs or anything, but people were growing. It was no, no challenge whatsoever to find people were growing, but 
Everyone was growing. No one needed to buy weed, least of all from some dudes who nobody fucking knew who just showed up in town. Um, so big picture didn't really work out, but it was my first exposure to like what what I knew had to be there and I aspired to be part of in terms of like the big league culture. Um, getting strains that were, you know, I, I had Sour D um, back in Jersey, but that was it. It was all beasters. We didn't have like a buffet of strains or even know generally what we were smoking in New York city. You would call a delivery service and you would get some shit. As we all know, that's just Cali outdoors, nothing special. But in Oregon, that was the first time I was like, yo, there's some fire out there in the world. I've never seen before. You know what I mean? Just that stuff that you would never have seen before. Then if you're just buying bags, you know, smoking beasters, whatever. But Oregon was where like, I still remember there was dynamite. There was, um, Oh, on the streets. Uh, a pot of gold. Um, I saw my first purple weed, which had some crazy name I can't remember. It was like Xylon 13 or something like that. Um, there was uh, Northern Lights, just like so much. Now I know them to be classic kind of other region, but I was exposed to like fire for the first time. I was like, all right, this is, this is cool shit. So the other thing that happened in Oregon was the first day we got there. And this is me and my boy, Kyle. I moved out there with him. Um, we're like, all right, we need to get a few things. We need to go buy knives and we need to go buy some pieces for the house. Cause we didn't, we didn't I brought a bong out there, but I was like, we, we need some house pieces. At the time we were living in a hotel for the first week. Cause our apartment wasn't ready to move into. So they were house pieces for the hotel. Um, so we went to a head shop in uh, Oregon and we saw the Gravitron. Um, do you know that thing? Oh yeah. We were just talking about it the other day, the, the flip it over Last and it, yeah, auto, auto gravity bong hits or whatever, basically. I don't know about that oh. part, but it was a glass grab and that was enough to fucking impress the shit out sure. of me. I know what you're talking about. That's that. I forget the name that for Seth that. Rogen dropped on his IG a while back where everyone was like, what the fuck kind of pipe is that? Similar. This is way more old school than that. This is just a glass gravity bong, but we bought it and it was like, I don't know, 50 bucks or whatever. And I was like, we walked out of the shop. We were waiting for the bus to go back to the hotel. And I was like, yo, dude, we should get into this. This is solid. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, bro, that was a recycled wine bottle. It says it on that paper right there. We just paid 50 fucking dollars for it. He put some gaskets on there in a bowl, but there's no way it cost him even 25 bucks to do that. We should get into this. And Kyle was like, yeah, whatever. It was just something we joked about, you know. Um, I lasted about seven months in Oregon. It did not work out well went back to Jersey and then was just itching to leave. And then uh, one day I applied to grad school in Colorado and I got in. I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm moving to Colorado. Never been there in my life. Um, but here I am. So I was in grad school. Um, and I was, you know, same old, same old. As soon as I landed, I was like, let me get let me get an ounce or two and, and get to work, meet some people. Worked pretty good. I was definitely hooking up people at my, uh, my writing program with, you know, Grammys and shit. Worked out okay. And it was the early... Um, the early going of dispensary days where it was like, you had a med card and then that was about it. There was, <laughs> was like nothing more official than that. Sure. You know what I mean? Didn't you, didn't, were you fucking around a little bit with like the whole Occupy Wall Street and oh, the movement in there. Denver this later? Yeah, this is like 2008, 2009. That's so earlier than that. Yeah, I was going to Greenbelly. I don't know if you remember that place. They're no longer here so I can speak honestly, but he would just like, there's a dude who would drive in from Cali with packs for the dispo, obviously, which yeah, is yeah. how it wasn't. Um, but we we could just like, cool, I'll take one too. You know, it was, it was wild. Yeah, that was the Wild um, West days of 2008 and nine. Yeah. 
Yep. And so that's when we got started with Incredible, right in that. Really, so 2006-ish, I was sitting with uh, Mike, who became my partner in Incredible, who was just a dude who lived in my apartment building, who also smoked. So we were just like hanging out and smoke. We weren't like super tight, but whatever. Um, And yeah, he had had some idea. He wanted to start some business making tables or something. But he had this enamel, this hardening enamel. Um, and I don't know, we were, we were excited because we were going to do some entrepreneurial venture involving it. Um, and when we poured it, I thought it was pretty neat. And I was, I was, I held a lighter to it and it didn't scorch or burn or anything. And I was like, yo dude, I wonder if you can make a pipe out of this shit because an unbreakable pipe, people will buy that man. And then I was told them all about the Gravitron and how I had this vision of the pipe thing. Also, in the interim there, at some point, I had had a vision of a pipe with multiple carps um, when I was driving to visit a friend in Virginia Beach. I don't know. I had, it was like a long-ass, like, 10-hour drive or whatever. And I just had this – spent hours just being like, what if there were a lot of carps? Why isn't there a pipe with a lot of carps? How would that be? Would that be faster? Would that be slower? With a shotgun, it's slower. This would speed up when they're making this. There's just this whole thing going over and over and in my head. So anyway, we went, made the incredible on 4-20-2009. They did that uh, symposium thing, cannabis symposium thing at CU. I was like, we're launching it there. So that was it. There There were like fucking 12 dispensaries at the time and they were all there. So it was easy. You know what I mean? Then we would go around every dispensary. Um, in the beginning, you know, I'd be like, here's a piece to try. If you want to throw me some herb to try, I'm not going to be offended. I am a patient. Um, that's exactly what we did at your dispensary. Uh, and then, yeah, I would leave and come back. And they'd be like, yo, this is actually... Because then uh, people would smoke with their patients in the dispensary, too. So, And that's the kind of the thing with the Incredibles. Once you try it, you're like, yo, this thing's fucking cool. Um, so... I'm sorry, the I got a stay-at-home order on my phone. I just got it too. I think everybody on IG, they're watching everyone. We just got the COVID alert. Like Colorado just went into a state of lockdown of stay-at-home and whatever order. So yeah, everybody on IG, I'm sure if you're in Denver, you just got the same shit. You're you're important. You don't have to lock down. (laughs) We're essential. Yes, we're essential. The badge means I can I can move. I can. I also can move, which is dope. so, yeah, we were just, like, making connections in the scene. And because I was going around to, like, every new shop, that's when, and then April, the Holder Memo came out, like, later that month. And then it was, like, fucking bonanza. You know what I mean? Everyone's setting up shop. Meanwhile, this is still when we were having, like, um, patient hearings at the Capitol and shit. So I was at all those. Mm-hmm. I was very active, very much an activist for, at that point, just medical. And then when legalization came around, too, um, but so then I met a lot of influential people through that. At the same time, I was going to every shop trying to like get them to try an incredible. Because that was our we just show up there and be like, Yo, you want to blaze this thing? Like if it's if you don't like it, cool. If you like it, you can fucking carry them, whatever. Um, and we just got to meet everyone. You know, we got to meet everybody. Um, and then the strain man actually tried one. I don't know how. I think one of my partners found his site or whatever. And he posted about it. Then Rye from Kind Reviews tried it. Mm-hmm. And then that plugged me in. And then Rye plugged me in with Scott Reach. Wow. And then I got to stop you right there real quick because I almost had the exact same trajectory, dude. Like the exact same trajectory. The fucking Kind Reviews guys and Stan the Strain Man. And we got the A-plus review or whatever. 
and that was 2010 or whatever. And when those guys at that time put you on the site as like, yo, check this out, it was a, like a boost, like a boost. But because yeah, go ahead and continue. Going on, you know, and if they're like, hey, there's this new guy, new thing, and it's fucking awesome, everyone pays attention. And it's exactly the same trajectory, dude. And I remember when Banner hit the scene at the same time. And then Westward, I think we both won awards in the Westward the same year, um, 2009, 2010. So we had done this, we launched it, and I'd had a vision all along. Like, I'm going to go to Amsterdam, I'm going to win a fucking best product cannabis cup. And because I'd done the research and I noticed that, like, all the products that had won cups were products I heard of. There's a bazillion products in the head shop, right? Like, I hadn't heard of most of them, but the ones that had won product cups were ones I'd heard of. Meanwhile, I should put in context for me, I was just trying to make like 10, 15 G's and cash out. <laughs> that was the plan. Go to Amsterdam, win the cup make the big deal, sell 15 G's worth, peace, I'm out. Clearly, that's not the case. Um, but yeah, that was it. I just wanted to get set up with some shit. Um, in any case, I'd had that vision to do things in Amsterdam. I was working a job at the time. I quit the job. We used to have meetings in my work at night. I used to let my partner in there, so we used the overhead projector and print shit on their printer and stuff. I would always be in there late fucking around i would go there with my my now wife my then girlfriend at times and just like watch movies in there and shit it was a nice off well you won like 18 cups or some shit didn't you guys actually so this is what happened we went to that first cup when i went to that first 2009 november 2009 cannabis cup in amsterdam there were zero people with loudspeakers there were zero people yelling it was just like a quiet thing where people were like milling about and smoking weed and like oh just, 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 just. <laughs> My ass, we just put out the foot-long tube, and the day we got to Amsterdam, we were going to coffee shops trying to like impress the locals with it. Nobody was fucking interested. However, we determined that you could smoke hash out of it without coffee, and suddenly people were interested. <laughs> but at the time, we were all like, oh, we're medical marijuana. We're from Colorado. It's a higher standard, all this shit. So we're standing up on a uh, – so there we're at the Cub. And yeah, it's just like a quiet thing. And I fucking stood up on a chair and I yelled, come get high, Vogue Incredible, best product, best glass. And that hadn't happened ever before. Nobody was like shilling for, for those things. Naturally, I created a monster. Oh, that's I take it. You ruined shit. You're the guy that like started the bullhorn essentially is what you're kind of leading towards here. Definitely. A hundred percent. It wasn't a thing before <laughs> And then they did the first cup in SF. Where we did okay. So that first one in Amsterdam, we became then the first to win two cups. Um, I don't know. I think it was just a strategy thing. Maybe people weren't trying for both. I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, usually, till then, sorry, till then, best glass was different booths would invest in some very heady piece. And you would be voting for who brought the nicest bomb, basically. It wasn't a product per se. Sure. We were like, fuck it, this is the nicest piece here, too. So, best product, best glass. So, yeah, we won, like, second place, best product, third place, best glass, or something like that. But it was it was mission accomplished. We picked up a distributor. We got put on in Europe, and it was happening. That's, that's Amit. You, that's how I met Amit. I met Amit at that Cannabis Cup. Before we won the awards, we were fucking yep. uh, hyping it. Just the amount of hype we had around our table again, because nobody else was doing shit like that. I mean, Greenhouse always had some kind of spectacle, but the difference between Dutch style hustling and I was like fresh East Coast at that time. <laughs> you went full ugly. Wait, was, well, it wasn't even close, you know. Um, 
So yeah, we made a big impression there. Made a big impression on the High Times guys as well. Um, and really how that all even came about was at, was it? Normal used to do a conference in Aspen. I don't know if they still do it. Um, definitely not this year. Um, they used to do a conference in Aspen in April. And we had met Warren Edson, and he told us that was coming up. We gave Warren an Incredible. We were like, we want to give Incredibles to Normal. Because that first year, we gave 4.20% of our gross sales to Normal, which is – I didn't know enough about business when I made that decision. It was very bad. Still honorable, <laughs> but yes, yeah, still. Sure. But it was engraved on the pieces. That was kind of the deal we struck. Um, and that helped our reception. And then at that, everything was American-made, which was not really a trend at the time. Um, we tried to do the right thing with, with every decision. And at the time, you could do it in the industry. Um, so anyway, yeah, we got all, got all over the place, got the Incredibles all over the place. Um, I built the relationship with High Times. I don't even know how my bro's fucking writing for that. I, saying, I would go to the always been like a gifted writer. Like so, you wrote for any people before High Times, or kind of explain a bit of your your writing career, journalism career, if you will. Yeah, uh, so I'd never really done journalistic writing, but I've been writing since since you know school. School. I went to my master's is in writing. Writing's just what what uh, what I intended to do with my life. Um, I edited. I did uh, worked for Wizard Magazine. For those of you who are into comic books, mm -hmm. um, I edited the Valiant Comics Bible, for those of you who are into that specific period. So Turok the Dinosaur Hunter might be one you recall. <laughs> the, uh, Archer and Armstrong, and then one called Harbinger, Exo Manowar, all the, that Bible I wrote and edited. Um, so yeah, that, that, you know, I'd written shit before. And I'd, I'd you know... Uh, with my masters had to produce tons of writing. Um, do you remember so your first piece for high times? Oh yeah. It was the organics piece. Organics. Um, uh, that's what it was. So I had become friends with the high times guys. Cause whenever I would go, I like to think I'd, I'd take a little bit of credit for putting Colorado on the map because I, whenever I would go home to visit my family in Jersey, I would go to the high times office and I would always bring them like five or six flavors at that time. Every time I went there, those dudes would be like, oh, Cali's where it's about, where it's at. It's about Cali. And I was like, you guys need to fucking see what's going on in Colorado. They never tried Banner till I brought it. They never tried Golden Goat till I brought it. All that other shit. I would bring it. I would smuggle with Danko and Nico, all those guys. Um, and, yeah, I like to take some credit for putting Colorado on the map in their eyes, you know. Because I've been pushing them. you got to do a cup in Colorado. you got to do a cup in Denver. Um, and I don't – I didn't write for them till after incredible until after i stopped competing in cups so they eventually did that denver cup and that's where we kind of built our reputation for fucking crushing it we won like two first places in a second place we that, rocked that moment that was the best cup ever that was my most favorite memory that cup was insane dude that was so much fucking fun you're talking about the medical or the i'm talking about the denver wreck cup. denver the, the first one that was in the warehouse i'm not sure if you were at that one it was in a warehouse in downtown Denver. It was fucking overcrowded, line around the block. It was nuts. And it was super smoked out. That that wreck cup was way more nuts. When though. the guy was... stole the trailer from the fucking the, the grow fucking fifth wheel trailer, backed up and stole it. That one. That was the wildest cup I've ever been to. That was dope. We wanted that one too. Um that was actually a dope cup. Nestor won that. Yep. Yep, yep. So that was shit. That's when 
high times started taking me seriously, I feel like, because nobody knew Nestor. I walked into Nestor's shop to sell him Incredibles, and I was like, oh, there's actually some actual legitimate fire here. I would like to meet your grower. Um, and I met Nestor, and we just became buddies. Uh, you know, he lived in Fort Collins. I lived in Fort Collins. Um, we kind of had common interests, I guess, as it were, uh, particularly in the fire. And so I was doing a lot of organic growing at the time. I had gotten kind of, I don't know, in with the organic growing uh, nerd crowd on ICMAG. Um, and so I was constantly trying to be, you know, talking about that. And that was the method that Nestor used. And he really taught me, kind of gave me my recipes and all that shit. Um, so I told Nestor, it was like a week before the cup. I was like, dude, you, your weed is extremely fire. You should enter this cup. I think you'll place And he won. So with that, then high times and knowing that also those first cups, bro, I've actually gone through my email and seen it. I brokered, I don't know, maybe 30 of the booths at the first two cups, like went through my email, like I'm CC'd on them and like big brands that we all know today. Um, just like, yeah, they're doing, they're doing a cannabis cup. You want to sign up? I'll put you on with my guy. Uh, those kind of things. So with Nestor, I was like, you should sign up. He signed up. He won again, first place. So I can blew their minds. Um, and then I don't think I was even writing yet. No, but four columns is when I did the grower parties. Did you get invited to those? I'm not sure. That was, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I, I gave you an invite. I don't remember if you came. So this is like the proto proto prototype of shit that I repeated a bunch of times, but, um, we rented this Italian restaurant and we talked with the dudes at uh, pink house. Cause they had like a chill space. Yeah. Pink house was crushing at the time. Yeah. It's when they were crushing. And I just went to the best growers I knew. And like, we hand delivered these little, very fancy invitations to this party. And all they would have to do is bring her. This is what laid the foundation for what, you know, became ADSI and eventually uh, became the Grand Prix. Grand Prix yeah. Because of, let's just get all the growers together with their best herb to show up. Again, well-intentioned and look where it got us. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and that and major connections. With the, the, that was the first time like Nick and T met the Pink House guys. That's how he started working at Pink House, by the way. Mm -hmm. Was it that? Um, Scott Reach, like a lot of those core connections. That's where D money got part of Nika's hash technique. And then D money went on to win, um, legends, legends of hash. So it, it's, uh, a lot was happening. It was like a very cool place. And I was just like excited to see my friends there smoking weed. Like that was cool. And my birthday party that year was like VIP of cannabis type shit. Um, you know, now, now I don't have anybody. <laughs> Well, yeah, so that was that between all that at some point, I, I was like, high times, let me write. And Dan, Danko, I was friends with Danny at that point. I was like, Danko, let me write an article um, on roles on, on recycled organic living soil growing. And he was like, cool, you know, do it, do it. And that organics article got major, major heat. Like it was, it was very popular. They reprinted it three, four times, you know, they ran it online a ton. They said it was their most popular article that year. Um, so that was dope. And then I used my high times fake credentials to like 
I would want to uh, go to concerts for free and hang out backstage. So I would like interview rappers for high times. But it was like you know, hanging out with the locks more than anything else. Did it work and then most of the time? You just walked up with your high oh, times yeah. creds and they're like, come on back. Dude, I hung out with Styles P and Jadakiss for like, with my brother. Like, we had no, no relationship to any of the article. He's just a fan. <laughs> for like, I don't know, the better part of all evening, before the show and after the show. It was dope. Cool. and other people were like coming on the bus and getting off but we were like the steady parked crew um so when did you write the book you've written a book uh efficient i yeah, don't so have like, it in front of me so i apologize for fucking this part up aficionado's handbook for for cannabis yeah, or something what is it called, titled it's the cannabis aficionado's handbook uh so at that point i started judging cups because i was very like in a neutral camp i had no stake in anything but i knew good weed which is actually kind of rare to find um at that time it was. So I started judging cups and I was like seeing the way other people were judging. And I was like, this is horseshit. Like these people, first of all, don't know weed. And second of all, don't know how to judge anything. Um, so I wanted to write the book at the time I was working for kind reviews. Also, I guess after my, my, uh, first daughter was born. So about six years ago, I, uh, I wasn't doing incredible anymore. I was writing for kind reviews and photographing for kind reviews. I was writing for high times. I was writing for dope. I wrote for Skunk. Uh, I wrote for for all of them. Uh, a lot of interviews. That's when I started doing it. Interviews became, honestly, it was the easiest way to put together a really long article. It was just like hanging out with my friends. Uh, sure. Friends with everybody. Get the word count up. Exactly. Fuck it. Let me hang out, talk to Hulk, and I'll get paid five cents a word on this. And dope. You know, it's like that. That's that's an easy paycheck. Um, so, yeah, I was doing a lot of interviews, and then uh, I got a a gig with yellow scene, which is like a housewife magazine in Boulder, but they had a week, a monthly cannabis column and they would give me a different topic every month or I would have to come up with a topic. So it'd be like education. So that, that was all about like CU stance on cannabis. And then like Halloween, it was like, what are, I don't know, like strain costumes. And then Valentine's day was like how to make weed lube and like just a weed tie-in for every fucking thing I did. And I did that for a long time. Um, and then people would ask questions and shit. So I did that at the same time, like legalization was happening in all this. I was, I was not, I would not say I was an integral activist in that by any means. There are many people who work tirelessly for that. I set up some important fucking meetings that led to some coalitions that led to some, like the, the, sure. the actual wording of the language of the bill that was passed was a direct result of like the people who got plugged in. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been, it's been like a front row seat or maybe like right behind the curtain backstage seat on, on everything on the cup, on the whole Colorado rise, um, from and through medical. Um, I, and I kind of saw everything I love turn, turn to something I didn't love as much. Sure. Um, just like with the cup, right? At first it was just me enthusiastic standing on a chair then there was some people were haters, bro. There was some company. I I will not say names, but there were companies. <laughs> haters. And they would then bring sound systems and this and that just to be louder, you know. And it got ridiculous. Go to a point uh, where Vader Vader extracts in California were shooting money out of cannons. Like you got and then who was the company? Right at that point, the cup was fucking ruined. When when that little seed grew, the, it was a fucking poison tree. Um, and so, you know, I, I see that with a lot of what we've done uh, with cannabis in Colorado. I've seen, you know, 
we've gone together through the trenches on how legislation just they kept moving it you know here you go right here it's right here for you buddy and then they moved it a little further away no 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 it's right here for you and then a little bit further away a little bit further you know and like i've seen it's just corrupted dude the quality of herb is nothing like it was in 2000 2010 yep i say this many times just the average weed on the shelf was like the fire weed today and in the average shop i'm not talking about anything special yeah across the board the weed was better everywhere because essentially we were getting our weed from the the growers in the community and we got to pick and choose the best product to put on the shelf and like yeah it it was a much better format than massive boutiques was running four six lights in their basement maybe some big guys were running 20s but the shops couldn't buy all that right you know and and people would come in with their jar it was phenomenal dude that that really the cream of the crop rest at the top and the pricing was great <laughs> um yeah there were some great shops that thrived then that aren't around anymore in any case i don't know having having gone through it all um that's when I ended up doing the Dunn show. It's when I was working for Kind of Reviews. Adam hit me up. I was hanging out at Hood Live a lot. Uh, Adam hit me up and was like, I want to do a radio show. I want you to be my gossip person. Because I, I was on Facebook at the time and uh, you know, very much involved in the, the scene right. gossip. I want to do the TMZ weed portion. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But if you want to do like a real journalism about weed, like I want to know who the fuck made Sour Diesel. And we could start there. And we'll, There's a lot of other shit I want to know that I know other people want to know too. Sure. Uh, and that's that's when that's when we did it. We jumped in and um, you did a lot of shows. Do you know the number of shows that you did? Because I mean, it was years, wasn't it? Yeah, I have no fucking idea. I know that I can tell you some of my favorites. Uh, I met some awesome people. Jim Frere, if he, I don't even know if he's still around. He, I think he just fucking dropped off the radar too. But Jim's one of the fucking smartest, you know, dopest people I've met. Period, hands down. Bodie was a amazing person to meet. Never thought I would meet Bodie and Rob Clark, dude. Like meeting Rob Clark was fucking going out for beers with Rob Clark. I don't know five six times. Sure, it's amazing. Yeah, I joined you, you know. for a lunch with Rob Clark, and it's going to be a highlight of like my life forever. It's like, well, like eating with royalty. People that I looked up to for since I was twenty one, you know, at least seven, eight, nine, ten years, you know. That's amazing shit. Um, even, you know, the people I take for granted now, but you, Scott, the, these were all people who I admired from afar before I got to know everyone. Um, and then it became, you know, once you get familiar with things, you you, you take it for granted. Sure. Um, but still, like some of the best, the best growers in the world. Um, when I started doing the Dunn Show, not when I started, after a while doing the Dunn Show burnt me out uh, because of, really the exact same fucking thing that again i started my own seed grew poisonous tree because uh oh act really is after adsi then the egos got fucking crazy man and i i was the one who was like hey we should all have a party and you guys should all come and show up you know <laughs> six seven years before yeah uh, you shouldn't so the, carry any guilt for that because it started a foundation of something that's pretty dope no and nor do nor did i invent that right like right. there had always been weed gatherings right that's all that's a common thing for growers um but yeah the the doing adsi was was a highlight for me when when 
literally like the weeks before my first daughter was born, uh, I had this vision for world championship cannabis, which is your goddamn close to it with what i saw at what i saw the grand prix uh, right at the grand prix just not not just like what i saw the visual like the the look i had for it the thought the bruce buffer intro all that like that that's exactly what i was shooting for um adsi had a more underground type vibe which was dope um that's what i was gonna say is i remember the very first adsi and it was a magical moment because it was the internet coming together in one room in real life. And you walk in that room and everybody was nervous to be there. I don't give a fuck if they say they weren't, they were. Everybody that showed up was nervous to be there. Y'all had to sit down mm. at a table for get across from somebody. You didn't know who it was, but you knew he was somebody, a big shot. And the first 20 minutes were nerve wracking. You pass out a couple bowls. 20, 30 minutes into it, the room loosens up. And after that's over, the connections that were made at that event and getting everybody to see everybody, even their trolls. The guy that trolled them was across the room. And you, you know what I mean? And there was no issues. It was respectable. Everyone, it was just a, it was a magical moment for me because to be invited to the room was awesome also. So it was just like, that's what I think a lot of people felt or should have felt, you know, was the fact that I'm invited to this room is fucking sweet. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, the first ADSI I think is super special. That's, that's for the most part what I heard. I think that year too, the way we did it, you know, with the meeting in Denver, getting on the school bus, the bus that broke down, all of it is it's a memory. It's a great memory. It's a, like it's a classic once in a lifetime experience. Yeah. And uh, and the, even the second year, the Incredible Shop, that was that was really fucking great too. Um, I think it was well organized, well run. Uh, you were in the 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 guest room, right, for that one? Yep, yep. Second one was yep. great too. I mean, they're all good. I'm not gonna say they turned bad or anything. This is great idea. Adam's doing an awesome thing there. I hope he continues it. You know what I mean? Like I said, it's the idea of March Madness in a bracket style. I just think is genius, and the fact yeah, that they that, picked up on it and do it, it's great that I I feel like that's the innovation I brought. Because really when you when I was judging cups, basically the two things were having the book, so it was criteria. And the other thing was like really what you do is you just got to do is this one better or this one's better? No, this one's better. Okay. And is this one better or this one's better? This one's better. You know? The one you had the least of at the end was the one that always won. That was the winner. Like it was it was the easiest way to do it comparatively. Doing it objectively the way you do it is awesome i like that at the grand prix um where you have a number system but a score a point score to the next round it's it's first of all people will fuck with it and second of all it's hard to know that everybody's judging everything on the same scale theoretically that washes out right but you know you want to for me it was easier to just say yes or no yes or no yes or no uh, I don't know where I got the deck of cards thing, but that I still have jars all over my house that have a, <laughs> a jar, like three of diamonds. Right. I think I was a something of clubs or whatever, but I think it was eight of clubs or whatever. But yeah, people still refer to their strains as the as the cards that they were back all the way back then. <laughs> that's great. That's that's awesome. Very cool, um, man. Um, I'm getting to the end of this IG live, so generally these shows are only about an hour long. So we've we've done a good little little chat here. I want to give you opportunity to uh, if there's anything you want to talk about, anything new with Incredibles you want to talk about, or um, where can people uh, find Incredibles, or uh, what new do you got cooking? Or we'll have new, you back. I'd like to have you back. We may try to sucker Mitch into being a co-host here eventually one day if people are into it. But uh, we'll see. I got to talk him into it. A lot of talking in going on there. 
talking the wife and the, the kids into letting them do it? <laughs> well, this time works actually pretty good for me. So we, we could potentially do this. Naturally, I'm fucking exhausted. I mean, we talk about coronavirus for a couple minutes. I know no one wants to, but... Sure. Um, Colorado just got locked down, man. Like, you got, uh, you got yeah. any inside scoop? I mean, we've been going back and forth in the text. Like, shit's getting a little wild. It's wild. Everybody stay safe. Don't be fucking stupid. It's real, first of all. It's real. Like, I I, uh, I talked to a lot of first responders, military people. You see Rob you Carney know. went down? What's that? Rob Carney went down? He's in the hospital, bro, with corona. No. Yeah. He, with Yeah, I think he's on a respirator, everything, critical condition or something. So everyone... Uh, Rob Carney's a legend legend from the first ADSI also. Didn't he win it? Nobody knew who he was till he came out. Yeah, to yeah people are wrong. But yeah, Rob's in the hospital right now, I believe, in Crested Butte or in the mountains somewhere. So uh, yeah, everyone uh, put out some positive vibes for Rob. Yeah, that's wild. So, and now that's what I was just about to say. You're going to start seeing it affect your communities, people you know. Um, be safe. Don't be stupid. Uh, masks work. Gloves work. Uh, hand sanitizers non-existent, but use uh, ethanol Everclear in like a spray bottle. That'll do the job. Um, be safe and be careful. Things are getting crazy. Uh, about fifteen percent of the NYPD is out sick right now. Yeah, that's what you know. So I don't want to be super downer, but I worry about what happens when the fucking all the uh, all the doctors get sick and there's no one left to treat anybody, dude. Like, can wipe out when a whole all class of fucking doctor class. All the doctors, all the fucking you know, when all that shit happens and then, you know, the economic circumstances that are in play right now are really fucking way more scary than like having the flu for three weeks. Sure. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. Everyone be safe, be smart. Don't be um, stupid to go to fucking do something stupid, go to jail. Cause how long till you're going to see a judge right now? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to go to jail right now and be in close quarters. Oh, no, go to jail so, you're guaranteed you're gonna get coronavirus because again people are still getting arrested some of them have it right um it's pretty intense um and you know you're not gonna get the proper medical care in jail and then you might fucking die and by the way if you think you can't get it because you're young they say like 48 percent of the new cases in new york city are people under like age 18 to, uh 38 or some shit sure so you're gonna have to get it That's uh, a little bit of everybody man everyone needs to be careful be careful. Do and you know, is this the end of the cannabis cup? Quite possibly. Yeah, it's you know, Quite with the amount of joint passing that goes on at these events and everything else, it's it's really. Uh, I don't want to fucking smoke around anybody right now. Right, like <laughs> totally. Anybody coughing in general? It but yeah. near me. Well, that's that's the big news about Incredible. I think we're gonna make a major comeback right now because you don't cough. Totally, yeah. um, I was gonna say bring bring back some sort of like uh, I don't know coughing anti-coughing device or something you're yeah, you're a natural born speech. inventor ceo fucking mind you could totally fucking figure something out that'll help people in times but uh yeah but everybody be safe um make sure you got people you can talk to you know i'm not going to sit and give safety advice i'm going to repeat retreat back into the the Missed into which I've disappeared for the past few years. Um, uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, my mission to, to drag you back out of the hole, bro. We're going to get you back out in front of some of these cannabis people again. So uh, I'll try to get you back on as soon as I can get you back on, as soon as you'll have have us. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank you for doing it, man. And uh, with that, I'm going to sign off with, with uh, Mitch. So thanks, buddy. Peace. Thanks, man. Yep. All right, everybody. Um, I'm going to give away some shit real quick before we sign off. I think there's a few minutes on IG.
So we'll give away something real fast. What else do we got? Uh, Space Stone. It's a Lazar Cross. And we'll give this away by doing Lazar. On the email on top of your screen, fifth person to write the word Lazar. In the email, we'll get this. And if you hung out and listened to me and Mitch banter back and forth, you have a chance at winning this Mississippi Mud, which is ice cream Sunday to uh, Skittles and Bitch Slap. So, yeah, get that shit. This one, you got to email Mississippi with the Z. The S has got to be Z's. You put Mississippi in there, and uh, we'll do the fourth person on this one. So there's your opportunities. Once again, guys, thanks for hanging out. Stay safe. Uh, I'm going to mention it again that uh, we have darkhorse.live right now So uh, as a website. So if you go there, I try to build it so that you can enter the contest without leaving. If you, um, you can send like a direct link, I think. It's, an, it's in beta right now. So we'll see if this shit works. You l let me know if it's working. But you can enter the contest without leaving you know, an open tab or whatever for all you phone users or IG users and you can put it up full screen so you might check that out if you want to be watching these lives on the regular but uh, yeah um, it's cool to get Mitch out the out the hole that he was been in and have him come out and talk a little bit if you don't know Mitch he's uh, like a, been a bit of a mentor to me and a really good friend and somewhat of like a shrink at times so Mitch is a good dude um, yeah with that I think I'm going to sign this sucker off. I appreciate uh, everybody tuning in. Hope you uh, got your chance at some free shit. Join us next week. Check out Incredibles somewhere. He did. I didn't get Mitch to tell us where to find them, but they're in head shops. Check out online and stuff. But Incredibles are pretty dope. Check them out. They're like a. It's basically. I didn't really explain it, but it's got like 20 carbs, and it's basically like a steamroller, where and it's spring loaded. So when you pull the mechanism back, it shoots the shoots the smoke or the hit into your lungs it's powerful but sweet and smooth check them out incredibles all right folks we're out of here peace